Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, Steve Wilson here in the book of Matthew. Chapter 13, we're going through the parables, and as I said before, this is a chapter that uh, contains, I think, more more parables than uh, any other chapter in the Bible. And I don't, you know, I don't think this is an accident. Um, Jesus is talking about the growth of his kingdom, which is made up of Christians. Um, and I believe he uses the church uh, during this uh, Gentile age, this age of grace, in order to grow that kingdom. And, um, you know, so the, when I, you know, when I talk about um, the things we do to grow the kingdom, we need to understand that Jesus started his church when he was here on this earth. He didn't start it at Pentecost. He started it when he called the Twelve. That was the beginning of the church. He was the pastor. The Twelve were the members, and then other disciples were added, and then things happened, and he added to the church and so on. So it, it didn't start at Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit came and perhaps empowered the church, if you want to use that term. Um, but this is a tool that Jesus started when he was here on this earth, and he you know, set the example for us. And I believe that's why it's been so strong over the years, because it was Jesus himself, not the Holy Spirit, who actually started it. Um, and when we get down to the pearl of great price, you know, I think he's talking about who our church churches need to be focused on, and that's Jesus Christ, of course. He's the cornerstone. Um, so he's using these parables here then to talk to people about the building of the kingdom of heaven, and I think we as Christians need to understand that the church is maybe the most powerful tool we have to do that with, because it's, it's really the church... I know it's not the building of the land or anything, but when people see a church on a corner, you know, that's that's where they look for comfort, solitude, and all that sort of thing. And while they may think of it as a as a place, it's not. It's just, it, um, well, it is a place, but, um, you know, it's not the church. It's the people that gather there and make up that church, that local church, um, that provides what it is the people need and is the catalyst for the growing of the kingdom of heaven. So he's talking with these parables here about uh, about the, uh, the the growth of the kingdom. And um, let's see, we're in verse, I think, 33. And this is kind of a unique verse. I, I want you to pay attention to this because, well, let me read it. It says, Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, so the whole was leavened. Now, 
throughout Scripture, leaven is used to emulate or be an example of evil. You know, it, 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 leaven usually poisons and destroys and that sort of thing. But that's not what he's focusing on. He's focusing upon the overall impact that leaven has upon that in which it dwells. And, and since, you know, we're in a, a topic, a general topic here of kingdom growth, um, that's the picture he's painting of, you know, leaven that's uh, put into bread, causes it to rise, and, you know, makes it bigger. Uh, of course, when we have the Lord's Supper, we eat unleavened bread because we don't want it to be, we don't want it to be changed because it creates decay and that sort of thing. But in this picture, he's simply talking about the growth factor. And so he's just, he's just saying that, um, you know, we are, um, we we need to grow the kingdom of of heaven with the things that we do and you know our as as we uh, and evangelize others and bring them in and give them comfort and try to meet their needs and provide fellowship and that sort of thing we're we're growing the bread we're growing the kingdom um and so that's the picture that he's he's talking about here and uh you know we need to understand that uh, even though we may bring in people who are imperfect and who have flaws, um, you know, they eventually need to grow out of those things. And, uh, and, you know, while they're growing the kingdom, we're not allowing their flaws to infiltrate and create a problem. So, you know, those are the things we need to overcome, ignore whatever term you want us to use in order to grow the kingdom. Verse 34, he says, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken um, by the prophet, saying, and I think, um, oh, I can't remember exactly where that is. See, where were we at? Verse 34. Um, I think that was back in uh, Proverbs. I believe. Um, Proverbs, let's see, 21.4, if I'm not mistaken. I was just looking up a reference that I have here in the margin of my Bible. Um, but anyway, he says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into his house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Declare unto us the parables of the tares of the field. Well, he, you know, he's when he's telling them, you know, through these parables, I, I'm going to tell you things that are mysteries, basically, that nobody has really been able to understand or certainly doesn't know. And he says those that listen, and he mentions here later on, we'll get to it, versus he that hath an ear, let him hear, that sort of thing. Um, you know, he uses the parables in order to do that because... Christians have a different mindset. We have a different viewpoint. We see things in a different way, and so we're we're better equipped to understand the parables that Jesus shared. He answered, and so now they've come. The, um, the disciples, specific disciples, the apostles, um, say, "Well, you know, explain the, to us the parable of the tares of the field." And we've kind of already talked about that. But he answered and said to them, 
He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers and the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. So uh, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. Um, there shall be waiting, uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth and the sun in the kingdom of their father. And here's that phrase that I mentioned before. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Um, so, you know, we need to um, realize that you, you, we're going to have to deal with, uh, with the tares. And they're going to be an impact in our lives. They're, they're always going to be there until we go home to meet the Lord. And that's, that's when we'll be separated and we'll be able to live with the Lord forever. But that's the way the kingdom works. You know, we are constantly battling the evil from the world. And that's what the world, of course, tries to do. They try to get in and destroy and disrupt, try to in, impact us. And, of course, they do a pretty good job because we see things within our church all the time that divide and create issues. Um, but, you know, God says, look, you need to be aware that, you know, they have their punishment, their day's coming. It's not always going to be this way. I'm going to separate them and uh, cast them into that, that lake of fire. Um, that's not a pleasant thought. That's not certainly anything we want. Uh, our job is to try and win them, win them to Christ, and sometimes we can. We need to grow the kingdom. That's our ultimate purpose. Verse 43, then, uh, no, let me see, um, verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. So here you have a man who finds a treasure in a field, and he says, well, I, I want that field. And, um, and so he wants to, uh, you know, he wants to own it. There's value and what he sees there, and he'll do anything he can to um, to buy into the things of Christ. I mean, that's that's. Remember, you know, it talked about um, in the New Testament how so many people sold all that they had and gave it to the church. You know, that's what he's saying. We need we need to we need to buy into everything godly. Uh, our life should be dedicated to the Lord and all all the things we do. You know. Nothing we do is ever good enough for God. We need to continue to try and please Him and do all that we can to uh, accomplish His will and win others to Christ. So there's great value in that. And when we find it, we need to sell, all, we need to sell out to it. Uh, verse 45, And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So you have the same scenario here. And in this case, it's the great pearl. Well, the difference between these two parables is, you know, you find something of great value, the growth of the, the kingdom, but you also learn to be focused, and that's kind of what this is talking about when it comes to kingdom growth, understanding who we're focusing on. You know, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is the pearl of great price. And everything we do should be done to please Him, and, and you know, we should be focused on Him in all of life's endeavors. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea 
and gathered of every kind, which when it was full they drew to, a, to shore, sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. Um, so shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So we see that term once again. Um, but, you know, we need to understand, we need to realize that in this life, while we're dealing with the terrors and so on, there's a time of selection coming. Our job is simply to continue to present Christ. And, you know, there will be a selection process, of course, at the end of life that um, the, the farmer or the owner will go through and the kingdom of heaven will be pared down. Um, and they will be cast into that eternal lake of fire. Um, so we need to be selective in the, in, the, in the growth of the kingdom. We need to be wary of uh, the impact that these people will have on kingdom growth. They're trying to stun it. That's what Satan wants to do. Verse 51, Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood all these things? And they say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he said unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed under the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. This is kind of the last uh, parable that he gives in this chapter. And uh, what he says is, or what he's saying is, when we come to Christ and we begin to invest our life into uh, the kingdom, um, we bring everything we have and turn it over to him. Uh, there are new things that we will learn, uh, pick up on, possess, acquire. There are old things that we already have that can be useful of things of God. Our entire lives are to be focused on the growth of the kingdom. And we need to get that big picture. It's more than just me becoming more Christ-like. It's me becoming more Christ-like so that the kingdom can grow, so that I can have an impact on others, so that people can see me and want Christ. And it came to pass when Jesus finished these parables, he departed thence. When he's coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence is this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? You know, we talked before about Jesus' family. So he has, it's clearly saying he has brothers and sisters. Mary was not a perpetual virgin. And he even gives their names here. Um, and they were offended in him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did mighty, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Um, don't expect to be popular in serving Christ, uh, don't expect a high percentage of uh, return on investment. You know, most people are going to reject what you have to say. They just are not interested in Christ. Satan's too smart, and he's put people in his back pocket. All we can do is just serve God. All we can do is try to build His kingdom, uh, just a little at a time, and that's just the way things are. You know, and you see in your churches, people come and grow, but you know, if you if you're faithful. Um, you will see overall growth. Uh, God has promised us that. And just be faithful to his word. Stay true to the things he's taught us. And keep your mind focused on kingdom 
growth and allowing our lives to drive toward that one concept to find out what we can contribute rather than what's in it for us. God bless you. Have a great day. See you next time.